Where'd you find this? Craig is here. It's brought to you by Puma. Craig is here on behalf. That's right. Uh, this is episode 111. This is Tony's uh, bachelor party episode. Um, it is. Oh, Tony's getting hitched this week. Uh, yeah, how exciting. So we're doing this early. It's Wednesday. As as you can see, we're broadcasting live from the Bearded Clam in downtown Chicago. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, Friday, Friday is ladies' night, and Wednesday is, uh, you know, whatever you call it night. You know what I mean? It doesn't it's matter. Please, hump, let's get this week over with day. It's hump night. <laughs> it is hump night. I was going to say it's... um. Never mind. I don't want to get... It, it's my bachelor party. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I'm not. Um, so it's episode 111. Uh, yeah, we're doing this early. We're going to try to throw some stuff at the wall, see what sticks. Getting married on Saturday. Pretty excited. Um. I've already insisted that we play Vikings Bengals on the TV in the background during the ceremony. And you guys and, are having a live a live cast, right? And then you're just yeah, gonna pass pass the mic around for the third person. That would be so awesome. And then we just hear yeah. Walid in the background just screaming at everybody. You know who Gabe Davis is? <laughs> yeah. You you can actually if you set a live mic up at Ryan or I's house and you turn the gain up high enough, you could pick up Walid. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I said, there's like a, I, th- I thought I saw like a 30% parlay boost for uh, that game for Tony's wedding, live in game live <laughs> betting. All important. funds have to go to Ryan's PayPal account and then he'll pay you out. You're giving Ryan a lot of credit for assuming he online banks. <laughs> no, you know I what? don't. I don't trust that shit. <laughs> I need the mattress. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, Ryan, you want to start us off? All right. So I got a good one for this week, guys. Um, so I kind of went with the theme that I did uh, a few weeks ago when Waleed was the guest and I profiled the game. All right. And that was the most punts ever in a college game. So I did some more exploring in college in the college football universe and I found it. I found a game that you guys are never gonna believe. All right, it was <laughs> okay. nineteen. It was nineteen sixteen. All right. Oh. A game, Cumberland versus Georgia Tech. All right. Now, take in mind, at the time, the year before uh, this game, Cumberland was disbanding its um, football program because they were leaning more towards academia, and. Um, so when this game was played, they didn't have an actual football team. So <laughs> Georgia Tech basically came out and said, um, look, you signed up to do this game next year. Then you guys decided you're not doing football anymore. So either you pay us $3,000 because that's the expected revenue we were expecting to get from the game, or we'll pay you $500 to play this game against us. And Cumberland was like, well, we don't have like a real football team. (laughs) So they were like, so Georgia Tech was like, figure something out, you know? So (laughs) they went, um, they went to like the fraternities in Cumberland and just pulled (laughs) guys from fraternities and like, you're going to play this, you're going to play this one football game for us this year. So (laughs) yeah. So 
the, the I don't know if this is any relation to the Heisman Trophy, but at the time, the Cumberland Engineers head coach, or no, this was this was the head coach for Georgia Tech, John Heisman. He he suggested that these guys pull from their fraternities, and so this is how the game went. Right, the final score of this game was two hundred and twenty-two to nothing. <laughs> all right all right so here i'll run i'll run through the game really quick so cumberland <laughs> received the opening kickoff and failed to make a first down after the punt the engineers scored on their first play georgia tech scored on the first play cumberland then fumbled on their next play from the line of scrimmage and a georgia tech player returned the fumble for a touchdown the bulldogs fumbled again on their next play, and it took <laughs> Georgia Tech two rushes to score its third touchdown. Cumberland lost nine yards on its next possession, and Georgia Tech scored a fourth touchdown on another two-play drive. Georgia Tech led 63 to nothing after the first quarter, and 120 <laughs> and 126 to nothing at halftime. All right. Georgia Tech added 54 more points in the third quarter and 42 in the final period. Uh, several players on the heavily outmatched Cumberland side suffered serious injuries during the game, including including their backup quarterback, Charles Edwards, who was thrice carted off with concussions. Oh my god. Three times. <laughs> they, they didn't have they didn't have concussions rules back then. I was about to say if you get hurt in six in nineteen sixteen, do you know that shit's real? Like he that dude lost his leg. Like it just got ripped <laughs> out of its socket and they beat right. him to death with well, it. I'm pretty sure they were barely even playing with those leather helmets, like, you know, oh, yeah. at this time, if anything at all. So Georgia Tech scored a total of 32 touchdowns, and Georgia Tech's left end James Preyas kicked 18 extra points. Uh, Cumberland's only effective defense was an extra point blocked with a sort of human pyramid known as the climb the ladder play. <laughs> Uh, topped with Vichy Woods, who suffered a gruesome facial injury on that play. Uh, despite scoring 32 touchdowns, the engineers did not complete or attempt a forward pass at all. So Georgia Tech scored 32 touchdowns, and they didn't even attempt a, a forward pass. Um, all their yardage came on rushes or returns on defensive plays. I am. I, um, I just. I just looked up what's called the tower slash pyramid play, the tower play slash pyramid defense. It is yeah. literally two men standing straight up and two dudes standing on their shoulders straight up with their arms in the air. This is a little rascal's hit. Yes. <laughs> um, so there were, there were several myths uh, that developed around this game. Some have written that Cumberland did not have a single play that gained yards. In fact, its longest play was a 10-yard pass on 4th and 22. The Bulldogs gained positive yardage on at least six plays, though they fumbled on two of them. One page on Cumberland's website says Georgia Tech scored on every offensive play, but the play-by-play -play account of the game refutes this and suggests a more likely scenario that Georgia Tech scored on every one of its set of downs. <laughs> Thus, neither team made a first down that was not also a touchdown, as Cumberland made no first downs in the entire game. Oh, my God. Do you think, uh, Cumber <laughs> do you think if you gave 
If you handed the ball off, no, no, no. You know what? If you threw a screen pass to Debo Samuel do you, in 1916, do you think someone would have died trying to tackle him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they would have just like turned into a red mist. I was thinking about this because I was like, this you can't even do this on Madden, right? Like you put all pro, like all generation team against like the Montreal Alouettes and you turn all their sliders down to zero. I don't think you can rack up the score that high. Montreal Alouettes catching strays here tonight, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so this is the highest scoring game in college football history. Um, in 2014, uh, a Georgia Tech alumnus purchased uh, a ball from this game in a charity auction for a little over $40,000 um, with the attention of donating it back to Georgia Tech. In 1956, a 40th reunion was held for players from both teams, of whom 28 were able to attend. While reminiscing, one of the Cumberland players pointed out one play that saved Cumberland from an even worse defeat. Had Cumberland punted as normal instead of running a sneak, the score would have been 229 to nothing. (laughs) So since World War II, only a handful of schools have topped 100 points in a college football game. The modern era record for most points scored against a college opponent is 106 by Fort Valley State of Georgia against Knoxville College in 1969. In the previous year, Houston defeated Tulsa 100-6 to set the NCAA record in major college football. Um, in 1949, the University of Wyoming defeated University of Northern Colorado 103 to nothing, And uh, because of that game, and a lot of these games before the 1960s is one of the reasons why um, it's kind of what's that honor rule where you like don't run up the score slaughter um, rule something like that it's coward it's kind of you just yeah <laughs> you just you just don't run up the score anymore yeah but that is the historic 1916 game Cumberland versus Georgia Tech which ended up being 222 to nothing. <laughs> Um, I am going to put in the chat right now the ladder defense. So take a look at the ladder defense. Ladder defense. That's just dangerous. Well, I'm like, it's literally two guys standing on two other guys' shoulders. And the fact that Ryan said that one of these guys, one of these guys got hit in the face with the football. That just sounds fucking (laughs) hilarious. I I don't know if he got hit in the face by a football. It just said that he suffered, uh, a facial injury. Now, I don't know if that's maybe when he fell or Yeah. I I don't I have no idea. I mean, but, if you look yeah. at the field in this photo, it people bitch about MetLife. Like this this is literally like the Maginot line of of a uh-huh. of a war of a war trench of mud. Yep. yep. Yeah, they like Georgia Tech was like threatening legal action if like Cumberland didn't play this game because it, they had signed the contract to play earlier that year and like $3,000 in 1916 is probably like $3 million today, you know? it's a lot of money. Um, yeah. So, uh, that's, yeah, I don't, it would have been kind of crazy to be at that game and bet the over. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, Cumberland only scored three less points than the Vikings and Raiders combined to score last week. I'm so, sorry. That's right. My bad. All right. I'm sorry. Can I can I also just say I one of the bets I made during the week for the Degenerates Gambit last week was Minnesota to cover three. So like they're about to line up for a field goal with like 
six seconds left to make the game six to nothing and they pooch punted out of the field goal formation and i was like no <laughs> don't do, don't do that idiots um all right shane you want to go first should i go first uh yeah because mine's an oldie as well so it'll, it'll right. tie in so uh, the other day I watched Killers of the Flower Moon, really great meditation on the exploitation of indigenous people and uh, the scrappy, sneaky athletic types. So if you've if you've got four hours in your schedule, I would recommend it. You definitely will need a snack and a pee break at one point during the movie, but it's very good. So this kind of inspired me to dig a little deeper into the indigenous people's impact on the game we enjoy, right? Like we've made fun of Iron Eyes Cody, but I actually like wanted to get an actual indigenous person that we can represent. Right. Um, there are a few, including Jim Thorpe, who like I, I'm sure we could have like a whole podcast episode on. But I, yeah. it, it led me down kind of a rabbit hole on this team that existed from 1922 to 1923. So... I'm going to refer to this team one time as their actual name due to their archaic name, but I'm going to refer to them as the team after that fact, just for posterity, just to clear things up. Sure. So today, my remember the segment, my remember segment is dedicated to the Oorang Indians. Okay. Uh. So now my ignorant ass thought Oorang was a tribe, right? But Oorang is actually a type of dog. Ooh. So this type, this team was formed by breeder Walter Lingo, who became friends with Jim Thorpe and decided, hey, I like dogs and I like indigenous culture. Why can't I profit off of both? <laughs> Why can't so, I profit off of both? <laughs> so Lingo did this by selling one of his dogs. So the price of buying an NFL franchise at this time was $100, where the price of one of Lingo's Oorang Airedales sold for $150. So Lingo saw this as a means to use the team as an advertising scheme to sell the dogs and his specific brand of dog kennels. Okay. okay. Yeah. So the deal was Lingo and Thorpe set up was that Thorpe would have to field an all indigenous team and the team would help run the dog kennels. Thorpe would be paid five Thorpe would be paid $500 a week to coach and play as well as manage the kettles. So Lingo initially wanted to have the team based out of LaRue, Ohio, but since the town was so small, about a thousand people, they basically were forced to be a traveling team for the majority of their season. They did have a quote unquote home field based in Marion, Ohio, as it had the biggest field to accommodate the team, but they would only play there twice a year. Okay. So while, while Thorpe was not full-blooded indigenous, he, the requirement of the team basically was the same of like, Hey, you just need to show proof that you have some sort of bloodline tracing here. So the people came from all over the country to come out for the team um, from tribes such as the Cherokee, Mohawk, Chippewa, and Seneca. So some of the team, some of the members of this team would be, would have nicknames such or not nicknames, but names such as Longtime Sleep, Woodchuck, Wellmas, Joe Little Twig, War Eagle, War Eagle, and future Hall of Famer, Joe Guyon. Okay. So even though this was technically a football team, the team's time primarily was dedicated to the business of the dogs and the dog kennels. <laughs> so they, they spent most of their time at the kennels, which included training the dogs and building the crates, which would ship out um, the crates, the, the kennels themselves or the, the dogs for transportation. Lingo's son, Bob in a later interview stated that most of the players, most of the plays that occurred during this game were actually improvised and designed on the spot. Sick. So in the, 1922 season, during a blowout against the Indianapolis Belmonts, Thorpe would recruit Cherokee tackle Chief Johnson at halftime and walk home with $2,000 in winnings. <laughs> their, first se- their first season, they went 3-6. and six. Nice. This team was actually the first to do a halftime show in NFL history. Um, as you remember, this was a product to be sold. 
So at right. halftime, they would do they would do exhibitions with the dogs doing tricks, and they'd like do shooting um, exhibitions where the dog would go get the thing that they shot. They would also perform dances, knife throwing demonstrations, and teammate longtime sleep would wrestle a bear during halftime. Fuck yeah. He'd make ten to thirty dollars every halftime, and this was enough money for the team to go drinking after every game. That's all what else do you need, really? Yep. So this is kind of where they have some fun, right? The team knew itself that they weren't really the priority of playing a football game. They're there to sell a product. So they're like, you know what? Let's have some fun in our time as long as we fill our job. So they are known for parting a lot. So in nineteen twenty two, while in Chicago, they were stopped by a bartender at two AM for last call because at the time that was the law at the time which they didn't like, so they stuffed him into a phone booth and turned him upside down. Hell yeah. They would lose six really? hours later to the Bears, 33-6. to six. Fucking Bears. Damn. So in 1923, while in St. Louis, the players took a trolley back to their hotel after partying, but they realized the trolley was going the wrong direction, so they allegedly picked up the trolley and turned it around the opposite direction, told the conductor the address, and told him to take us home. Okay, yeah, sounds about right. So in their final season, they were ravaged by injuries and most of their team was kind of aged or not of the most elite talent at this period because people realized, hey, the facade's kind of over. Um, we've all seen the halftime show. We don't really, the, the jig's up, right? Right. So they were, they were outscored in their last, or sorry, in their first nine games, 235 to 12. So it kind of does tie in with Ryan's theme <laughs> of getting absolutely blown out. <laughs> and in this season, they would go 110 and two. And the team would ultimately fold in 1924, as I mentioned earlier, that the appeal had kind of worn off from the halftime show exposure, and really nobody wanted to go to a game anymore of seeing a beat down every time. Sure. Oh. And and that is my remember a guy segment. Hell yeah. That yeah, that's a wonderful story about failure. <laughs> and they really, fun, though, they and, seemed like they had some fun. Yeah, it's very like bad news bears, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so we're going to go from the super past to the super current, and uh, I'm going to start. Uh, last week, we talked a little bit about the logjam at wide receiver for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and yeah. I, men- I mentioned Terrell Owens as someone who had to wait multiple years to get his gold jacket. Uh, I watched T.O. play, but I don't think I truly appreciated how unique, amazing, and iconic this dude was. I'm going to get you guys with some of the shit that we're going to do here today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, when we think of T.O., I think we all collectively have this picture in our minds of who he was and how he played. But I'm here to fill in the gaps so that we can truly appreciate one of the goats. So, Terrell Owens. By the way, Terrell Owens' middle name is Eldorado. It's fucking sick. Um, of course it is. Right? He was born in Alabama in 1973. He wasn't allowed to play sports until uh, high school. Um, he he played... Because of his parents or why? Yeah, his, his grandma... I think it was his grandma that raised him and was like, nope, too dangerous. Um, wow. So he played... He ended up going to college. He played at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. So he wasn't a Vol. He was a mock, yeah, short yeah. For, for moccasin. Um, he played football, basketball, and ran track at that time so so he was good at all three sports but he wasn't considered an elite prospect coming out in 1996 he ran a 4-6 40 yard dash holy shit and and they're like look small school kid not great measurables goes to the third round he's he's the 11th wide receiver drafted in the 1996 nfl draft and 
there were a couple good ones before him. I mean, Marvin Harrison's a Hall of Famer. Um, a friend of the pod, Mushi Muhammad, was taken before him that year. Um, oh, Moose was taken before him? Damn. Yep. So his rookie year, he caught 35 for 520 and four touchdowns. But in his second year, Jerry Rice got hurt early in the season, and Owens became the alpha. Now, in 95, in the first round, the 49ers had taken J.J. Stokes. But Owens was just undeniable. So he ends up becoming the number one. Steve Young's at quarterback. Uh, the team wins 13 games that year before losing in the NFC Championship to future welfare scammer Brett Favre. Woo, uh, show him your dick, Brett. Brett. <laughs> Did he ever? So in 1998, uh, he and San Francisco have another amazing year. This is his third year. He broke the 1,000-yard mark with 15 touchdowns. Um, it's best His season, though, in 98 is best remembered for his performance in the divisional playoff game against Green Bay. Green Bay had beaten them five times in a row, and three of those times were in the playoffs. So this was like a big one for San Francisco. Um, it's It's in Candlestick. And Owens dropped multiple passes early on in the game, but Young continued to keep throwing him the ball. And he eventually caught the game-winning touchdown pass over the middle while getting absolutely rocked. Just, fuck, really? man. Oh. Pure hospital bed, or pure hospital yeah. ball. They, I think it's also known, and Jeff Crisco, let me know if you hear this, like, I think it's also considered, it's like the catch two or something like that. Um. So from 2000 to 2003, he was a lock for 90 catches, 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns. And he had an iconic game against the Bears where he caught 20 passes for 283 yards, which is a record oh that's stood for over a decade. What's yeah. it, like 50 PPR until, points? Right? That was until it was until Megatron did his, his game, right? Actually, believe it or not, that record held the only person that's ever beaten it is Brandon Marshall, who caught 21 in a game. Oh, receptions. Correct. Not yards. Okay. So, in early 2004, after a down year for the team, Owens was looking to leave San Francisco because Young had to retire early because, if you recall, there was a blown block by former podcast subject Lawrence Phillips that led to Steve Young yep. getting obliterated. Um, so, he's trying to leave. The team insisted that they still had rights to Owens' contract due to his then-agent not voiding things in time. And they traded his rights to Baltimore for a second-round pick. Now, the NFL Players Association, along with his agent and teams involved, came to an agreement because there was potential litigation. Basically, he was a free agent, but they decided to trade him when free agency was open because they thought that he they had the rights to it, whatever. I don't know. It was something weird. So the agreement okay. comes. San Francisco ended up getting compensated for their time. Baltimore gets their pick back, and Terrell Owens signs in Philly. He also writes a book in 04 called Catch This. Uh, <laughs> if I did it, part two. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so, so here's some grown man shit. In 2004, Philly and T.O. are crushing everyone, <clears throat> and in December, Owens is brought down by a horse collar tacker by, tackle by Dallas safety Roy Williams where he sprains his ankle and fractures his fibula. This was like the last season where the horse collar tackle wasn't a penalty. Um, so he needed surgery. He got a screw put into his leg. He spends a bunch of time in hyperbaric chambers and ends up coming back 50 days later to catch nine passes for 122 yards in a Super Bowl loss to New England. 
dude, he's Goku. Fifty days? That's 50. not even like six no, 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 weeks. Five, yeah, five zero. Fifty days. Yep, with a screw in his fucking leg. Jesus. Yep. Um. So he also managed to find the time that season to make people super butthurt because he was in a Monday Night Football commercial with one of the Desperate Housewives where there's like implied nudity. She like opens up oh, a yeah. towel to him. Do you remember that, Ryan? I think so, yeah. It was a huge, like, it didn't even break any FCC regulations, but like weird, you know, Christo fucking weirdo NFL people were like, right. Tony Dungy, Dungy were super upset. I'm, so, I'm not super, I'm not super into like reality TV, but I feel like I remember that. Like, I'm so, I'm so not into reality TV that like, just for shits the other day, I gave like Survivor a chance. Uh-oh. Like, and it's like season forty-five or yeah, that's not good. Old Survivor is really good. New Survivor sucks. Yeah, yeah Shane, I, I was. Shane will let you know. I was, yeah, I was like, "What is this shit?" Like, they're putting people out there that don't know anything about anything to do with survival. Like the the this season, they I I think I made it through. Like, sorry, this is turning into a survival podcast. No, but, go nuts. Um, we did the alone segment, so we'll run it back. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the reason I, I think the reason I did it too is like, um, uh, what's the, God damn it. The guy I listened to in the morning, uh, Oh, Reckliff serious accent. Yeah. Reckliff. He does a survivor segment now starting the season. And so I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. Blah, blah, blah. They put someone on there that like literally has a panic attack. Like the, the first challenge. He like has to jump into the ocean and like has a panic attack. And then he's like dealing with like horrible acid reflux because he doesn't have his medication. I'm like, how do they let this guy even on? I get it. It's it's ratings, but it's no longer survival. It's it's so stupid. But at the same time, like, how is that? Okay, like, realistically, the person you're describing, the show is probably older than them. Right. But how have you not seen at least a clip of Survivor and be like, I know what I'm getting into. I'm going to be right. in the ocean and I'm going to be on an island. Like, that's just the basic right. premise, right? Like, everything right, else right. in between that you can figure out in, like, games and shit. Because like, I've seen, like, people, like, yeah. break their wrists on the show or, like, starve or dehydrate. But that's, like, the yeah. exact bare minimum. It, it's it, this guy. It's, it's like, oh, shit. It was, like, not even, like, eight or nine days into the thing. Maybe not even a week. And the guys are like, I, th- I think I'm going to tap out. I'm like, <laughs> what? This is why I really haven't done anything yet. This is why whenever I hear chuds talk about like alone of like, dude, I could win the whole thing. I'm like, no, this person quit like the safest survival show ever. You're right. I've seen, I, there's a couple survival guys that I watch on YouTube that have been on that show. And the one guy was in the, the first or second season and he like lost his fire starter after like, four days and just like yeah, tapped over. out and this and this was in like the infancy of the show where like nobody had made it you know like yeah as the seasons go along with that show people last longer and longer because they learn from other people on the show so like right this you know, guy right. was like this guy was like i'm in the middle of vancouver rainforest i don't have a fire starter he's like it's just best for me to tap out yep. that's 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 a uh, joe robinet the canadian guy who gets like Hundreds of thousands, of millions of views on YouTube. You know what's sorry? Real... That was a no, strange tangent. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna derail even further. You know what's a really good uh, reality TV show I've been kind of hooked on lately with my friends? What's that? Dog the Bounty Hunter. Okay, Dude, I love Dog. Okay, I used to watch that all the time. Where, <laughs> you... where is it on? Is where is it on syndication? 
they you have to it's online they have like the whole oh, you're series, watching the online whole, okay. the, i think it's on a and e the whole series is free so we've just been like doing oh a deep that's dive. yeah that's right i forgot that you watch all your shit online like yeah yeah you don't have streaming services or whatever i ryan, do stream things but i don't <laughs> i don't pay for tv ryan we watched every episode of steven seagal lawman so don't act like you don't watch <laughs> reality tv <laughs> that's not reality tv that's culture <laughs> oh my god if you guys if you guys haven't seen it our listeners go watch an episode of steven seagal law man it's awesome <laughs> they like de- they they're like the city of new orleans or like lafayette or baton rouge or something like that like deputizes him <laughs> and like he and he like literally goes on these like um I don't know what do you call it, Tony? Like raids or like ride-alongs? <laughs> yeah, they're literally ride-alongs. He just does random shit with the police, and I, I, I can't remember. Did they give him a gun? He has the I have no, a gun. I can't there's remember. No way. <laughs> I was about to say, dude. I was like, no wonder why New Orleans is so haunted. They give people like Steven Seagal an actual firearm. <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm glad we mentioned Survivor because this isn't the last time in my segment that's going to get brought up. Um, so back to Terrell Owens. Uh, he's has contract disputes with the Eagles since his giant contract was mostly backloaded and he was getting paid less than other top tier wide receivers. And the media, of course, calls him greedy, which is fucking ludicrous. In 2004, Owens set a record that still exists today. He averaged 13.14 targets per game. My God. Yeah, <laughs> right? So... They lose to Dallas that year, and Owens is seen wearing a Michael Irvin jersey on the team plane, and then gets it gets into a physical altercation with a team ambassador who said that players were faking injuries and talks shit about Donovan McNabb's performance to the media. Now, here's the thing. Say what you want about Terrell Owens, but a dude that played 50 days after breaking his fucking leg in the Super Bowl with a screw in it, you can't ever say that that guy's faking it ever again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. So uh, he gets suspended. Granted, this was also, you know, what, the early 2000s? So, like, you could just basically get any painkiller you wanted, no matter how you... Funny you should uh, say that. So we'll get there in a second. Um, He gets suspended for conduct detrimental to the team by head coach Andy Reid. He and his agent wrote an apology, and that was part of his, like, enable to come back terms. But since it wasn't good enough and didn't mention Donovan McNabb by name, he was suspended for four games and then deactivated after that. And then is released after the season and goes to Dallas. But before he goes to Dallas, let's stick with this year. He's hospitalized that September uh, with what's class... No, 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 sorry. He's in Dallas. In September of his first year, he's hospitalized with what is classified as either an accidental or intentional overdose of hydrocodone. Um, the, cop, the cops on the scene said it was intentional, and he did say while under the influence that he was depressed and did it intentionally, but Owens's people said the local police didn't follow protocol and put him on blast, which they absolutely did. Um, so the police, after being told, hey, you fucked up your job, demand an apology from Owens. Um, and he doesn't apologize, and they still end up ruling it an accidental overdose. So uh, suck it, cops. Um, Owens plays that whole season, and less than a month after this, they go to play in Philly, and the fans chant OD at him because Eagles fans are pieces of shit. Um, 
Owens plays a majority of this season with a broken finger that has torn tendons in it. And the doctors told him he was risking permanent injury by continuing to play, but he refused the season-ending surgery so he could be out there and, and kill it because he's a fucking dog. Um, he had a high ankle sprain in week 16 of that year and played three weeks later in the playoffs. Nice. Uh, he, also, animal, dude. he also spit in D'Angelo's Hall's, D'Angelo Hall's face during a game, which as a Bears fan, I completely support. Um, he plays a year in Buffalo, a year in Cincinnati, and tore his ACL in the 2011 offseason. He tried to come back that fall, but nobody wanted to take a chance on him because of his character concerns, which is, this is fucking insane. So, in November of that year, uh, he joins the Allen Wranglers of the Indoor Football League and catches three passes for 53 yards and three touchdowns in his first game. Um, he's, he signs a one-year deal with Seattle after that, but is cut before the season starts. He had a workout with the Edmonton Eskimos, never gets signed. Hilariously, the day after he was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame, he was working out for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, and, yep, and he played three games with the FCF Zappers of the fan-controlled football league, catching passes from Johnny Manziel. Uh, I tried watching that, dude. That shit was rough. That shit sucks. It was really uh, bad. So... Owens was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2018 in his third year of eligibility, and like we talked about, he refused to go to the ceremony. So, to wrap this up, we're going to mix in stat porn. Three things. We're going to mix in stat porn, we're going to mix in famous T.O. touchdown celebrations, and we're also going to mix in off-the-field moments. So, I hope you're ready. Okay. He's the only player in NFL history to score a touchdown against all 32 teams. That's so sick. Wait, wait, wait. He's the only one? Wait, wait, wait. Check this out. Not only is he the only player in NFL history to do that, he has two versus every team. Oh my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Suck it, Jerry Rice. Right? Isn't that fucking awesome? Um, okay, so he's third all-time in receiving yards. Uh, he sprinted to midfield twice in the same game after a touchdown to celebrate on the star in Dallas while a member of the 49ers. Legendary. <laughs> Uh, he had a reality show on VH1 for a season. He was he finished in 12th place on The Celebrity Apprentice in 2015. He was 8th all-time in receptions. He appeared on Dr. Phil in 2012 with his kids. He pulled a Sharpie from his sock to sign a ball after a touchdown to give to a fan. Nice. You remember, you remember that? That's... That's just generous, man. Like, hey, you don't got to pay for this. You don't got to wait in line. I'm just expert well, in the process. Actually, what's really funny is the person he threw the ball to was his, like, one of his accounts managers or something like that. And that dude was also the accounts manager of the defensive back that he beat for that touchdown. <laughs> um, he is, speaking of touchdowns, he's third all-time in receiving touchdowns. He has or had, I'm not sure, a cereal titled T.O.'s Honey Toasted Oats. How many, how many touchdowns is third all time? He has 153 touchdowns. Okay. Uh, he famously did the Ray Lewis dance after scoring against Baltimore. He, nice. has a, he has a rap song called I'm Back. He scored a touchdown against the Patriots and pretended to spy on the team from behind the goalposts. <laughs> 
he was a model for a while in 2013. He played himself in the movie Any Given Sunday. Eh. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He has a podcast with Rob Sesternino, who was on the Amazon season of Survivor. Boom. Damn. Uh-huh. He what won... season was that? I'm just kidding. I'm season just kidding. two? I season <laughs> two. Okay. Um, I think he's... I, I, hold on. Do your thing. It was an early Survivor. So, Because like on, on Prime, I can go back and watch every single season. Uh, oh, I was crazy. thinking of Boston. I was thinking of Boston, Rob. My bad. Oh. Um, so Terrell Owens won MVP of the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game two years in a row. He's the only player in NFL history to have a 150-yard receiving game with five different teams. Nice. And last but not least, my friends, he has won Chris Paul's Pro-Am Bowling Tournament twice since he is notoriously a legendary bowler. Really? I don't I don't really know who the guy that he won the second tournament second tournament with was, but the first time he won, his partner was Pete Weber, who is famous for his who do you think you are I am celebration. I saw that live on TV at a sushi restaurant. I will never forget that day in my life. He yeah, on, that- on ESPN2. <laughs> That dude was a bowling partner with Terrell Owens. How fucking awesome is that? So that is Terrell Owens. T-O. Hell yeah. A two Hell touchdowns yeah. against every team. It's, that's fucking ludicrous. All right. So uh, we will be back soon. We're going to build a way too early Superflex DFS lineup. So we'll see you on the other side. And goodbye. No way. Is he gonna is he gonna do it? Yes, 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 yes. Can you take me higher? Perfect. Spotless. Uh, we built a way too early DFS Superflex lineup that, as of Wednesday, is 100% a lock to cash. Um, right. We're going triple stack Rams. We're going Stafford, Cup, and who's this dude? Dennis Allen? Da- Davis Dave- Allen? Or Davis? Something like that. Douglas Allen? Maybe um, did it Dennis. Maybe it's Dennis. I, I'm Donald, not sure. But Donald I remember. I remember watching... Uh, red zone last week with Tony and and he's like this is going to be your this is going to be your tight end next week isn't it I'm like we'll see <laughs> um, Davis, so we got, Davis Allen yep so uh, we've got this triple stack here our running backs we've got Kamara and Bijan we're going all AFC South we're pairing Jaden Reed with Jordan Love against Tampa Bay's awful defense and Zay Flowers at our flex so uh, guaranteed to cash. Don't don't check or don't get back to us on that. But it's guaranteed to cash for sure. Um, and now, Ryan, why don't you tell us about your mid-tier kind of shitty tight end of the week? Of the week. Of the week. All right, guys, my heater is done. Like I didn't. I don't think I did good last week either. <laughs> wasn't that? Wasn't that great? It wasn't a good week um, for any of us. It's fine. 
No. Um, so that's why I'm rolling out with three this week because one of these guys got to hit. <laughs> if, if one of them doesn't, then I'm going to think about not doing the segment anymore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So my first one this week at 5,100, Logan Thomas. All right. That game is going to be a, a shootout. Rams versus Washington, which is why we chose Stafford from that game. Um, and I think uh, he's going to have a good a good week with Howell passing back to him. They're coming off the bye. Um, so he should help you out. Uh, another one, uh, Tony's boy, who uh, ruined his millionaire bet of the week last week, Tanner Hudson. He caught a touchdown, but he needed one more catch to help Tony. He only got he- two catches in that game. I lost seventy dollars on Tanner Hudson last week. Just yeah. so you know, that's how I know He's you're only... such a you guys are such <laughs> sickos with this shit because I don't even know what team that guy plays for. <laughs> Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Uh, but he's gonna have a he's gonna have a better game this week. Uh, hopefully, he's only at five thousand. So hopefully, he gets a touchdown, um, another touchdown, and hopefully more than two complete passes. Um, it's more I wanted Trenton that bet to come got. through. What a, yeah. Um, and then the last one, obviously, Mr. Davis Allen, uh, 4,800, uh, five targets last week, four catches and a touchdown, 50 yards. He'll help you out a lot. As you just, as you just saw with our episode, Bill, we were able to spend up on Bijan Kamara and it, he's going to hopefully do the same thing, especially Shane Shane did guarantee that Higby's not playing. No, I'm just kidding. He said he's probably not. Uh, he's he's probably not playing. today. So don't play him if Higby plays. But if Higby's not playing, he's going to get another touchdown. So that's right. my spread mid-tier kind of shitty tight ends of the week. Of the week. Of the I just week. realized, dude, like... Matt Stafford's wife has never beaten those like MAGA allegations because their whole receiving room is all lunchbox guys. Uh huh. Sneaky fast. <laughs> um, they're very they're sneaky fast, real students of the game. Um, yeah. So, Shane, it's early. I know there's not a lot of props out there yet. Uh, what do you think? Anything strike your fancy? I have not even attempted to look at that because I did so poorly last week. I think I hit one parlay, and I was just like. I'm so sorry to all the listeners who who picked who decided to listen to us and trust us because Matt Stafford scored a touchdown in like the first four minutes of the game and I was like, well, this is just a bad start to the weekend. Yeah, I would um, bet the under on the Charger game tomorrow, but that's just me being a hater and hoping to God that we just continue to tank. Sure, totally. Um, I have then uh, if if we're gonna not do that, I have a couple things that I want to talk about. Uh, Bijan Robinson, just whatever it is, Bijan Robinson, just do it. Arthur Smith, you hear that? He's got no choice. <laughs> it's true. His career Carolina, is on the line. Yeah, he's he's. If he doesn't have a good game, then we know Bijan is not him. I don't you dare! Don't even fucking say <laughs> that. That dude was inducted into the Hall of Fame before taking an NFL snap. <laughs> All right. Right. So that. So then, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to pull up his numbers right now. Hold on. Let's number see. one. Number one in everything. He's the number one greatest running back that's ever played. That game's a 34 point line. Wow. Yep. 
Oh, yeah, they don't even have any. They, what am I thinking? This game's on Sunday. They don't have any fucking lines up yet. I forgot. It's <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was Friday. If it's like 85.5 yards, take it. All right. Well, then I guess you guys, I guess it's time to play the game. We have another game. Damn, dude, you don't ever stop. Never, baby. I, I got a game. I, you guys, it's another one you're going to work collaboratively on. You're going to have three strikes. Okay. Here it is. 13 wide receivers have seven or more receiving touchdowns this year. Name eight. 13 or more wide receivers have seven or more touchdowns this year. 13 have seven or more receiving okay. touchdowns this year. Name eight. Tyreek. All right, well, we know, yeah, we know Tyreek. We know Cortland Sutton. He's got 10 now. So that's two, right? Um, Can we confirm those, Tony? See. Yes, Tyreek. Yeah. Tyreek okay. is first and... with Tyreek is first with twelve. Cortland Sutton is tied with one other player with ten. Yeah. Who has ten touchdowns? Let's... DJ Moore. He doesn't have ten touchdowns. No, but... no, he doesn't have ten. He did what have num- three in that game. What Damn number it. are we shooting for, Tony? Sorry. Seven. Ten. Oh, seven. sorry. Seven. Yeah. So he did that have one game three he had in three, that game. And then he had two last week, right? He's got to have at least seven. I'm cool with good. Should we good put DJ Moore in our back pocket or get it out of the way now? I'm saying let it rip. I'll do it. Rip that shit. DJ Moore has seven touchdowns. Let's He's go. on the list. Um, I want to say Flowers too. Okay, well, CD Lamb, obviously, right? Yeah. CD, don't say Flowers yet. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool. Skeptical I'm skeptical about that fine. one. I'm are you going with uh, going with CD Lamb? Yeah. All right, CD Lamb has eight touchdowns. He is on the list. Um, Ayuk. Let's see. See, he, he might have seven already. He's been kind of slurdish, though. Or Debo. I'd rather bet Debo. Debo at this point. Because it seems like they flip-flop like at week eight, where like Ayuk has not been getting the usage, where Debo's been like the main... Because Debo's had, like what, three touchdowns the last two weeks? I feel like, yeah, he's been on, on a tear. You want to try Debo? Yeah, we could try Debo. Debo Samuel is not on my list. Yet. Oh, no. He's probably at six. Yeah. Well, it's receiving uh, touchdowns. Oh, oh yeah. It's yeah. running back. Damn it. That's right. Caveat. Gotcha. Um, uh, Mike Evans. I could see um, that. Hopkins. Mm, he's close. Yeah, did he have four in that one game? Three. I think so. That one's close. All right, we'll put Hopkins in her back pocket. Evans has got to have at least seven or eight or no. Because he's just getting yards. You know what's funny is I can name all these players all the time, but as soon as we get put into yeah. the game, I'm just like, right. I don't I don't know any of NFL <laughs> players. Um, <laughs> how about how about Amon Ra? Yeah, I can see Amon Ra. He's close. It's 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 seven or five, yeah. that's my guess. He, okay. he had a nice he had a nice streak there. I'm I'm cool with locking an Amon Ra. 
All right. Amon Ra. Amon Ra St. Brown is not on my list. No. Oh, no. Strike two. You've got, you've gotten, you've got four of them already. Right. I know Keenan Allen is wide receiver three this year, but I don't feel like he has seven touchdowns. He's getting yards, but I don't. Have the Chargers even scored seven touchdowns? This <laughs> he he did drop like three in Green Bay. So, um, God damn, it's not Dobbs. All right, because uh, we did this Pittman? like three, four weeks what about, ago. What about Pittman? I feel like he's a Keenan situation where he's just getting a yeah. bunch of yards, but he's not scoring a lot. Is it? You think it's anyone from Houston, Tank Dell, or Collins? That's a tough one to split. I can, I would be more inclined. Fuck, I don't even know, dude. Like that's that's really hard because uh, like I I feel oh. like they have the same production. How about Chris Olave? Yeah, I can see mm. that. Calvin Ridley too, right? Ridley with touchdowns, he had a first couple good games, and then Kirk started coming back, but. Because he has them in spurts. He has like two a game and then he has none. Right. You guys are going to be so mad at yourselves when this is done. Because we're naming all of them. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> or ones we're naming all you... the wide receiver twos. <laughs> you're naming so many ones that you're going to be like, yeah, that was fucking obvious. It's nobody from Atlanta. <laughs> that's... I'll give you that. That's, that's, that is accurate. <laughs> Ooh, um, Thielen. Do you think Thielen's gotten? I feel like it's the flowers thing where like he disappeared like my dad after week six. Yeah. He hasn't done good the last like four weeks. Let's see. Let's go up north. Is it? It's nobody on Pittsburgh. I don't think Deontay I don't, or I don't, no, I don't, could be George Pickens. I don't think they've scored seven touchdowns as a team this year. <laughs> Right, pick, pick, Pickens though. I feel like could be close. He's had some really nice games until Deontay came back. Um, it's not anyone on the Giants. It's not anyone on the Patriots. What about Diggs? Or is he not scoring? He started falling off, but he had a really good start to the year. It's just 45 minutes, 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Just naming wide receivers. Right. <laughs> Fuck Let's it. Let's go Diggs. Diggs. Let's, Let's rip it. Yeah, Diggs. Stefan Diggs has eight touchdowns. He is on oh my, my list. God. Nice. We need two more. <laughs> you have one, two, three, four, five. You need three more. Oh, my right. God. You can get is one more cool? wrong. Is it Cooper Cup? Do you think that, Ryan? With touchdowns? I don't think so. Wow, I'm looking it over. No one on this list is sneaky fast. <laughs> Wait, no what, about, what about Nakua? Puka. I, I, I don't I don't want to make a claim here. It like, gets me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I he's I wouldn't call Puka Nakua sneaky fast. Okay. I don't feel like he has seven touchdowns though. I think he was just under volume play. Because I think didn't he get his first touchdown like week four? Yeah. Ooh, how about um, Metcalf or Lockett? 
I was going to say Metcalf because Metcalf's been on like a tear, but so is Tyler Lockett. Fuck, I hate this wide receiver <laughs> one two bullshit. Just like in my brain, I'm like, they have the same production. Well, hang on. One, two, three, four. Four of the guys remaining, I would consider part of a 1A, 1B, or a wide receiver two. Do you want to go back to the San Francisco well and go Ayuk, like we originally said? I was kind of saying that to you to push you away from those. Okay. Because you have one, two, three, four, five. Five guys that I would consider alphas. Is it Chase? Oh, yeah, Jamar Chase. Yeah, it's got to be him. He's got to have seven or more. You locking it in? Chase. Yeah. Jamar Chase has seven touchdowns. He is on my God. list. You have six. You've made named six of the eight. <laughs> um, Damn it. Has Amari Cooper had a good year, or was that just last year? We already and we already got wait, we already got CD Lamb, right? Yes. Okay. You are missing so all the guys that are left, one of them has ten touchdowns, the rest have seven. Who are we missing that has ten touchdowns? This is my favorite part is when I've told you that at some point in your deliberation you have already said his name. I mean, we like, feel like we like rattled <laughs> off every wide receiver. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I feel like we gotta we gotta do Hopkins, right? He's been catching hot. He's been catching touchdowns. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't think I've watched a single three minute sequence of a Titans game this year. Yeah, <laughs> you're better off for it. Well, I won't. I won't go for it if you don't want to. Let's see. We do have a failure, so I mean, if that's what your gut says, that's what I would what I would say. Is um, it is it anyone from the Packers? I don't think so. We already got DJ Moore. Is it what do I? Can't be Jayden. anyone from the Vikings? Maybe Hawkins or no? That's that's a tight end. And I feel like Addison's just uh, like falling off a cliff. Yeah. Good in the beginning. I don't think he got seven touchdowns. He might have had five or six. Yeah. I know he did score because I have him in a couple redrafts. It's no wide receiver from the Chiefs, I don't think. Ah, uh, who's it be? You want to do Chris Olave? Let's go Olave then. That's fine. Fuck it, Derek Carr. This is your fault. You can blame your third strike on Derek Carr because Chris Olave uh, is not on my list. Damn it! Damn it! You have two more. You're out of strikes. Two more. So you said four more are one A, one B, and like six of them are alphas. Or am, uh, am I re- misconstruing? Re- of the ones that you have not guessed yet, mm-hmm. I would consider one, two. It's gotta be. It's gotta three, be three of Lockett. Three of them alphas. It's gotta. Is it Pittman? Because Pittman's the alpha, right? Like that logic tracks. He have seven touchdowns though, like because that's another team. I don't. That's another team too. That's another team like Tennessee, where I haven't watched too much of them this year. They've been putting up a grip load of points, right? And like their running game is like decent at this point. But 
and he's like really high up. I don't have any shares of him, so I never get the stupid sleeper notification. But I know he's doing really well this year. All right, do you want to do Pittman? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You have officially lost the game. No. Oh my oh. god. You're not getting All a contract. Right. Jim Mercer is going to fire your ass. Yeah. All right, with ten receiving touchdowns, Mike Evans. God damn it. God damn it. I knew it. With seven receiving touchdowns, Romeo Dobbs. Fuck. Wow. With, with seven receiving touchdowns, Jordan Addison. Damn it. Damn it. Dude, we fell with, off. With seven receiving touchdowns, Keenan Allen. Damn it. With seven receiving touchdowns, Tank Dell. Wow. With seven receiving touchdowns, DK Nico Metcalf. Collins. Nope. Damn DK it. Metcalf. He's and been on a heater lately. Last but not least, with seven receiving touchdowns, AJ Brown. God okay. That is an instance where I completely blanked on him. Didn't even think of the Eagles. Yep. Can't say I blame you. We just went to the University of Blank. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's talk a little shit about our games of the week, our shits to riches here. So, uh, Shane, you're banished to going third after picking the worst game of the week (laughs) last week. Um, Ryan, what's your shits to riches game of the week this week? All right, I'll start it off. Um, I am going to go Washington and L.A. Okay. Uh, the point total I know is high. It's at 50 and a half right now. But I have a feeling this is just going to be a back and forth shootout. I've got one of my tight ends in this game. Uh, we built our roster based off of this game. Um, I just have a, a good high scoring feeling like this could be 31 to 24 or something like that. And okay. Get, do some really good things for fantasy and people's fantasy playoffs. All right. Uh, my shits to riches game of the week is going to be Chicago at Cleveland. Um, I think, wow. that, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a boatload of, of good fantasy production in this game. Uh, I think Cleveland being in man coverage is as a, as a man coverage defense with the, their amount of injuries says big week for Justin Fields and DJ Moore. And I think that game is going to crush ass. So, Shane, what do you got? I was going to go initially um, New York Giants versus New Orleans, but I'm giving up on Derek Carr, and I'm tired of seeing Italians on my TV. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't even think about that one. That one should be good. I think it's going to be a Rashad White week, and I think uh, Doran Love's going to do the inverse because he's a very much a 50 50 player he doesn't look good and then he looks great so i think yeah. this is going to be a looks great week and, for jordan love and mike evans and romeo Dobbs will get their 11th and a <laughs> touchdown respectively <laughs> yeah. we can play the game next week and we can do it you can crush tampa base tampa base secondary sucks so and then green bay has no running game which is fine because they don't want to run against tampa bay that's that's true all right yeah, coaching coaching is easy we can do this shit Easy, no problem. Um, so, you know what else is easy? Uh, geography, maybe. I don't know. Right. Ryan? You know, geography is free. You know, all you got <laughs> to do is pull up Google Maps. You know. <laughs> all right. So, this week, guys, um, 
we're going we're going like middle of the country um but it's still banjo country so we could just we could do banjo music again why not let's go to louisville kentucky all right hit the banjo is it louisville or is it Louisville? uh it's specifically pronounced louisville okay. not louisville or louisville uh, <laughs> It's hey, Louis, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting the geography guy here. I've just I've heard it multiple ways. People um, get mad about things. So I just want to make sure. No, was, when I was actually researching this this uh, town too, part of that was how to pronounce the city, and it does say you pronounce it like Louis, like L O U I E. Um, so we all know that um, baseball bats are made famous. The famous Louisville Sluggers, they're made there. Um, we all know that Kentucky is uh, where most of the world's bourbon is produced. In fact, you know, it's really not even bourbon if it's not made in Kentucky. So um, 95% of the world's bourbon is produced there. Okay. Um, but did you also know that 90% of disco balls made in the United States are made in Louisville, Kentucky? <laughs> but you didn't know that. Kentucky I knows how to party. I had no clue. I would have never guessed that. Louisville is the town of the Kentucky Derby. So they're famous uh, at that time. They During that day, they serve over 100,000 mint juleps. Because um, that's the that's the drink of like horse people, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> people that go to the tracks. Is mint julep um, like the most pain in the ass drink to order? I don't drink, but every time I see someone with one of those, I'm like, um, "You pretentious fuck." <laughs> it's not that it's it's not that it's hard because I, I believe it's just like, uh, like it's just it's gin syrup. and is it gin or Tony or is it? Um, You're asking the guy that doesn't drink. <laughs> well, I don't I don't drink these either. I, I it's not something that appeals to me. I just know it's a nightmare from a bartender's standpoint. It's a simple drink, but you have to stand there with the glass and like muddle the yeah. mint into the glass. It's, so mint, it's like a sugar simple syrup yeah. bourbon. Yeah, so it is it's a pain in the ass yeah. to make. Yeah. Um and uh as a part of the uh, Kentucky Derby, um they have the largest uh fire fireworks display um I don't know in the United States, but at least in Kentucky, they blow off 60 tons worth of fireworks at this uh, dis- at yeah. this display. America, let's go. <laughs> um, uh, and in fact, um, in 1999, surgeons from the uh, Kleiner Coots Hand Center uh, they completed the first hand transplant in the United States. So this guy, Matt Scott, had lost his hand in a fireworks accident. And ironically, uh, the year after the year after that, he was the guest to push the button to start the Kentucky fireworks uh, uh, thing at the Kentucky Derby. Fuck. Um, I mean, you got to hand it to him. Literally. That was it. That was it. (laughs) You had that one in the chamber, didn't you? Oh, load it up. (laughs) Um. And guys, you know what? It, it wouldn't be a geography segment if I didn't mention Lewis and Clark expedition. <laughs> so, um, did you Churchill Downs, the Kentucky Derby place where they held this, was founded by the grandson of uh, Will Clark um, in 1874. Okay. okay. Um, 
let's see what else we got about this town uh the sealbach hotel uh was one of the inspirations for f scott fitzgerald's great gatsby i don't know if you know that tony no i hate that uh, i looked at i looked at the, the hotel is like super fancy and looks really nice from the outside and stuff um okay uh we've got carl kalen all right uh, of Kalen's restaurant is cr- is credited with inventing the cheeseburger back in like the 20s or 30s or something like that. Whoa. I'm sure it's rum- I'm sure it's rumored to every- everywhere else, but for some reason this Kalen's restaurant in Louisville is- claims to have invented the cheeseburger. There you go. Um, they have the lo- the oldest and largest operating Mississippi style steamboat that's over a hundred years old. Um, because, as we all know, Louisville is located on the Ohio River. Another reason Lewis and Clark uh, were part of this, because that's where they had to go through from Pittsburgh. You know, remember, sure. I, remember I said that started in Pittsburgh? They went down the Ohio River. They stopped in Louisville. You know, had had a couple kids, and then their grandson invented the Churchill Downs. Um, so it but goes. Louisville's in... Yeah. Louisville's an all-around, seems like an interesting uh, city. I've never been. Um, it's pretty close to us, though. I don't know why I've never driven through it or anything, but I've never been to, like, uh, that part of the country. Um, sure. But let's look, at some, let's look at some famous people from Louisville, all right? Let's do it. Uh, we've got Thomas Edison, inventor of, you know, everything. You know, the yeah. reason that you, you can see me right now. Yeah. Um, we've got, um, let's see, some musicians here. Uh, we got Artemis Pyle, uh, drummer from Leonard Skinner. True. We've got Jim James, the uh, lead singer from My Morning Jacket. Okay. Um, we have Jack Harlow, famous rapper. We have, um, I bet you guys didn't know this. We have the birthplace of a song that we've all sung before with our families or friends or anyone, work people. It's a song that everyone knows, but nobody knows where it came from. It came from two sisters who were teachers. They wrote the happy birthday song in Louis- at a Louisville school. Damn. Um, yeah. This song sucks. <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, we've got, uh, Zachary Taylor, the 12th president of the United States. There you go. Um, don't, don't know much about him. Tony probably has some facts about him. Um, I don't, I don't know really anything about, he was the 12th president. So when was that? Like the middle 1800s. So he's another one before the civil war. He's another one of those, he's another one of those presidents that, uh, could have done literally anything to help like the country kind of like worked together and didn't do shit so he was one of those pre-civil war guys gilded age okay. baby let's go <laughs> uh not not quite but yeah gilded age is late 1890s but this is like 1830s hey i gotta i gotta foreign my ap test uh <laughs> all right you're right you're right you're right 13 years ago so you're right. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go hey i don't deserve uh. that for <laughs> We surprisingly have um, a decent amount of like celebrities from the Louisville area. I was kind of surprised when I was looking this up. We've got uh, Tom Cruise, who was born in Syracuse, but uh, went to high school and lived in Louisville for a while. 
Damn, um, all, those, all those fireworks definitely changed his brain and how he sees movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got Ken Jenkins, uh, famous character actor from a lot of sitcoms. If you don't, his probably famous, most famous role is Dr. Bob Kelso from Scrubs. Okay. Um, we've got Rob Riggle, uh, you know, comedian. Oh, yeah. yeah. And in a bunch of those Adam McKay movies with Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley. Yeah. Uh, Diane Sawyer, uh, you know, famous television journalist. Uh, Gus Van Zant, you know, famous Hollywood director, did uh, a bunch of stuff in the 90s and 2000s. Um, we've got Jennifer Lawrence is from. Hey. Okay. Yep. Um, Jennifer Carpenter, who I think she's done a lot of other stuff, but maybe not gotten as famous as she would have hoped. Um, Jennifer, Jennifer Carpenter was famously uh, Deborah Morgan from Dexter. Oh, yeah. Dexter's this, sister. Yeah. She's in, she's in White Chicks, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but one of the... one of the, Oh, we've got um, wrestler Too Tough Tony. Naturally. Um, TTT. Yeah. Let's go with some sports players now. Um, Fuzzy Zeller, a PGA golfer. He's won two majors. Uh, another famous PGA golfer who's on the tour right now, Justin Thomas. We have Will Smith. No, no, not the Will Smith, Big Wheelie style. <laughs> Will Smith, a player for the LA Dodgers. He's a catcher. Can I just, um, can I just take a moment to say that, like, you could have brought up any Will Smith thing ever, but you chose to bring up his album, Big Willie Style. <laughs> yeah. Brian's a man of the people in the culture, right? He doesn't want that new fangled hipster shit. He wants the classics. You mean Will Smith from the movie Planet Earth, starring Jaden Smith? <laughs> or After After Earth, or whatever the fuck it is? I don't know. Welcome to Earth. Mm-hmm. Independence Day. There you go. Uh, we've got uh, Devante Parker is from Louisville. Um, okay, real quick, real quick. I'm looking at the article, like the Wikipedia stems on people from Louisville right now. And it's got his name, Devontae Parker, former University of Louisville football wide receiver, currently plays in the NFL for the Miami Dolphins. So no one's given enough of a shit about Devontae Parker to update that in in years. It's been years, folks. Um... Oh, I also forgot to say famous actress uh, Sean Young from all those like 80s and 90s movies. Famously, Lieutenant Louis Einhorn from Ace Ventura. Oh, shit. We've got Rob Baronis, a Titans player. Yep. We've got famous baseball player Purvis Ellison, the nickname Never Nervous Purvis. I always thought that was bullshit. It should have just been Nervous Purvis. <laughs> Sorry, I don't make the rules. Your parents right. named you Purvis. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, basketball player uh, for LA right now, I believe. Yep. Um, Desmond Ritter, NFL quarterback, oh. you know, for Atlanta. <laughs> but two of the most famous sports, and I guess one could even be co- be called arguably the of all sports, like the the best person. First one, probably not Johnny Unitas, but really, you know. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Maybe not the... But of all sports, Muhammad Ali is from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, the greatest. That's right. And so, uh, 
that's Louisville, Kentucky. Hell yeah. Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, actually, like, uh, something that I'm surprised you didn't mention was uh, Hunter S. Thompson was born in uh, Louisville. Really? I didn't see him on there. Famous drug guy, Hunter S. Thompson. Um, yeah. All right. So that was... Oh, that was fun. That was a good one, guys. Um, yeah. That was 111. Thank you guys for coming, and thanks to Ryan and Shane for being cool and, and doing this early and and letting us hey, get that this was on. That was on me too, man. Don't worry. So, well, I appreciate you guys, and uh, say thanks, and the next time you see me, I'll I'll be married, and... Uh, New tax and, bracket. Let's go. Oh, God. Hey, tax if you like it, put a ring on it. There you go. Beyonce said it. There you go. And we're gonna with that we're gonna put a ring on episode one eleven. And uh we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Oh, real quick, I did notice that Mitch McConnell's also from here. And I have been looking for oh, a no. new person I have been looking for a new person <laughs> to, to wish death upon. So Death uh, to the turtle. It's possible, man. Um all right, so we'll see you guys next week, episode one twelve. Hopefully uh, we have a good week of action and your fantasy teams that are in the playoffs continue and that everything's great. So shout out to love. There you go. Thanks to everyone for coming by and we'll talk to you soon. Good night. Good night.